Welcome back to Ballistic Chronicles. This is Gary Lewis. I'm your host. This is where we talk about rifles and ammunition, big game hunting around the West and around the world. And today we're in Florida with Don Grissett and Scott Schindel. We've met up here to hunt wild boar. We're going to talk about our experiences, about the rifles and cartridges and the ammunition that we used, uh, things we learned, what we'll do different. And we talk about coffee as we're sipping the frontier roast and we're in if you can picture this the front room of a bed and breakfast called casa coquina titusville florida and got scott we've got don and we've got juan ayala from the one-on-one podcast and thomas gorentz from paranoid american listening in if you want to support free speech and good hunting content in the internet age, which is where we are now, look for our coffee and books at GaryLewisOutdoors.com. We recommend our latest book, Bob Nosler, Born Ballistic. You can find it on our website, GaryLewisOutdoors.com, and on Nosler.com and Amazon.com. You can watch select episodes of Frontier Unlimited on our network of affiliates around the U.S. and on the Hunt Channel, or click up on YouTube, search for Gary Lewis Outdoors. You can watch some episodes there as well. Enjoy this one. There you go. All right. Well, we're back. I've got Scott Schindel. Scott's an electrician from Bend, Oregon. I've got Don Grissett, Donald Grissett, Expedition Joe Coffee, a former... Former Coast Guard. Yes. Yep. Yes, I was in the Coast Guard. Yeah, and then we've got Thomas Gorentz sit, sitting here. Thomas listening in. And Juan Ayala yes, sir. from the One-on-One podcast. And mostly what we're going to talk about uh, right now for this episode is we're going to talk about our recent pig hunt and, and the guns that we used. And uh, then we're going to kind of open it up and, and jump in and talk about talk about guns and we're going to see where this conversation takes us and uh so scott when you decided you were going to come along on this hunt uh for wild boar in florida you said you uh, were probably going to bring an ar platform rifle and you ended up bringing a 458 socom i did um for me it was I've always enjoyed putting guns together, kind of a big boy, you know, puzzle. Um, it's it's something that I stumbled across looking around on the internet, size wise, and I decided to build one. So it's a lot like the forty five seventy in uh, characteristic. It is same same size uh, bullet, a little less powder, pushing it down the road. But you know, I decided from the stories that I'd heard that I wanted to go ahead and try it and see what it did and how it performed. You had a lot of things to choose from. I did. I'm kind of an, an AR nut. I enjoy them. Um, they're, they're fun. I, I, for me, it's, it was really about proving that ARs are hunting rifles, too. Right. You wanted to prove that ARs are hunting rifles. And so the first time we went to the range, mm-hmm. to, we shoot at the Central Oregon Shooting Sports Association range, which is east of Bend, Oregon, where we live. 
And so it's a bit of a drive for you and I now. Mm -hmm. And we get out there and I brought the 6.5 Creedmoor bolt action rifle. I brought um, several boxes of different ammo that I was going to try out for that rifle. And you brought your 458 SOCOM and you had a red dot sight on it. Yep. And a magnifier. That was my initial plan coming here was to use that. But we had some trouble getting it sighted in. There's a lot of recoil, and I remember you were starting to whimper a little bit yeah. because it was whacking you on your shoulder. Yeah, about 25 rounds in, I was kind of regretting my decision a little. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that... that and you of, just kept punching the paper and... I, well, I kept thinking it would get better, <laughs> and it wasn't. It just didn't get better. <laughs> so how did you fix that? all of that? Well, we decided, you know, in our discussion that... It was probably the site and hopefully not me. Um, so we went down and discussed probably what I should get, you know, take those off and get a decent scope. So I, and I suggested that you look at um, several different manufacturers mm -hmm. and I said, get some good worn scope mounts and mm -hmm. a solid platform and a good scope that'll stand up to that recoil. Right. And it's really not bad recoil, but you put um, a butt pad on I it. I looked all over Central Oregon trying to find something that, you know, I didn't want to get a, a really big heavy stock. I wanted to keep it fairly light. So I, I happened to stumble into a gun store in Prineville. Yeah. And uh, they had a little little setup with just a nice rubberized butt stock pad. I could slide around on what I had. So I, I snagged that. And, and that made all the difference, didn't it? Oh, night and day. Yeah. Yep. I could shoot 40 rounds and not have a tear in my eye now. Yeah. So now you're using this magnifier and the red dot system and you were getting that bullet was moving all over the target. I would get it sighted in probably within four inches in where I wanted to start bringing it in closer. And as soon as I'd squeeze two more rounds, it'd start heading the other direction. Yeah. Totally frustrating. Yep. So decided at that point after we were chatting back and forth that it had to be something other than my eye. Okay, so remember, you were also experimenting with bullets, and so you yes. had loaded up some cast bullets. Yes. And what what was the struggle with that? Uh, some feeding issues. Um, they're a really blunt-nosed, you know, rough-sided mm -hmm. bullet. Like um, I might use in my forty-five seventy. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, and I did have, we switched to some hollow points, um, that were, you know, a jacket, at yes, jacket, a hollow point yeah. and started not having feeding problems. You know, right. it wasn't, wasn't stove piping. Yeah. Um, and it started functioning a lot better. You, you put that scope on and did you bore sight it? Have it bore sighted? I did not because I could not, mm -hmm. everybody that seemed to be good at it. I have a bore sighter, but my bore sighter won't do the spread that yeah. an AR has with the mount. Mm -hmm. It's for hunting rifles. Yeah. So I had, I kept trying to find somebody and I finally, by that time it was a deadline for you and me to get out there. Yeah. Sighted in, so. That was real. Uh, that was just a few days yeah, ago. Yeah. I was starting now. to get a little nervous. Yeah. And, um. Cause you could have grabbed a 30 six and come on this. I could have. I had an AR 10 that I was considering. Yeah. Um, that probably would have been a great choice also. I yeah. Just, I had my, my heart set on this. I had built it for this and I wanted to bring it for this. So I remember the look on your face when you hit the bullseye. And then you hit the bullseye again <laughs> well, yeah, at 100 I mean, yards. To be honest, you know, that gun is not known for being super accurate. Yeah. But, you know, on an AR, I mean, an AR, everybody says ARs aren't accurate. I happen to have a friend that is 
let's just say military professional, and that's what they use for their sniper. Sure. You know, his sniper rifle. Sure. So, you know, it is an accurate rifle. They can be used for hunting. Yeah. It may not be have been what it was designed for, but as we've discussed, you know, recently, you know, muskets were a weapon of war. Right. Yeah. Everything... Yeah. Everything and guns were a weapon of war in general, but they've all also been used for hunting, for putting food yeah. on the table. Um, how so, how did it perform on this pig for you? I couldn't have been happier. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I doubted my my shot. I, uh, we heard you shoot. Yes, I, we were in a in another part of the property, and we heard you shoot. Mm-hmm. And I. I, I held it dead on. I was breathing. I was relaxing and I squeezed the trigger and everybody ran off and I sat <laughs> yeah. there by myself, yeah. really having some self doubt and yeah. feeling like, um, you had hoped to establish a oh, long term relationship. With I that did. Game. I was expecting to just watch it. You know, everything I'd seen online about this caliber, you know, I had expected, you know, to fall right over. Yeah. I was, I actually was kind of trying to, uh, Re- replicate what I had seen yeah. online. Yeah, yeah. And, and I watched everybody run away and I have to say my, my head went down a little Oh, and I, I kind of looked at the ground and went, dang it. Okay. So what's it like, you know, being an Oregon boy coming from the high desert where there's no humidity and now you're sitting in a blind in Florida. What's that like? Uh, the first night was good. I mean, it was warm for sure. Um, it was actually, I mean, it was really a fun experience to be honest. I mean, it's something I've wanted to do you know, yeah. for ages and getting to do it was an absolute blast. Right. Um, and we're with central Florida trophy hunts. I guess we should have mentioned that. Yes. That's, that's what we're yes. doing. They took us out to the blinds. An absolutely wonderful experience. Um, I'd do it again. And I actually wish I had a few more days to be honest. Oh, I know. It was, I know. It was a lot of fun. Right. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, really on spot with putting us, you know, where mm-hmm. we could find some animals and, it was, I remember looking at my watch, I think it was 6.01 when I heard you shoot. And then you probably didn't find the pig till Grayson showed up like an hour later. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I should get out. I mean, not having hunted, you know, pigs before, I was a little unsure about the, the process if you get one. You know, I'm used to jumping out and trying to find, you know, a trail yeah. or follow, yeah. follow where they went. And How big was your pig? My pig was 97 pounds. And it didn't go very far. It was dead. No, it was probably diagonal, probably 50 to 60 yards. Okay, so it was running dead. Mm-hmm. And bullet passed all the way through? It did. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could have found the bullet. I really wanted to see what it did. Right. If it expanded or, yeah. you know, what, what the hollow point had done. It, yeah, would you bring that same gun again or would you bring something else? Um, I guess it would depend on if I was familiar with what I was bringing, not having had a lot of time with that gun and get used to the drop, um, you know, and kind of get myself used to the sight. I would, I would probably, I would definitely bring again if I had a little more experience with it. Yeah. Um, and that goes with any of my rifles actually. Uh I, I think you need to get, it's, it's better to be good with one rifle than cruddy with a whole bunch of them. So I think, I think, you know, my, my big issue would be just find one, and get good at that yeah and go somewhere else right yeah i like it okay so don grissette don uh you and i have known each other for a few years now and yep. and we we knew when we first started talking that we were like-minded and that 
we were probably going to hunt together one of these days and we just didn't know what it was going to be. Right. And so when I started planning this, I knew you lived close. You lived in Georgia or you live in Georgia. And so it's not very far for you to come here. And so I, uh, I checked in with you. I said, what are you going to bring? What are you bringing on this hunt? So yeah. what did you do? <laughs> well, I, I, I have several rifles uh, like Scott does, uh, several AR platforms in the, in the safe. And then I was immediately thinking, well, maybe I'll just take my, I call it my California carbine, which is a cut down 16 inch uh, Marlin 3030 uh, with, oh, peep, yeah. with peep sights on it. I, and it's a great brush gun, mm -hmm. something, you know, for close up type uh, activity. But then again, I didn't have any idea what type of yardage we'd be looking yeah. at. And you and I spoke briefly and I said, well, you know, I really just need to go ahead and uh, snag up some kind of a lefty bolt action. Because I had been out here before and I <clears throat> yeah. made shots out to like 250 yards. Right. And some of it was after dark, and, and but most of it was evening. Right. right. Evening light. And you yep. can have 60-yard shots and 200-yard and shots. And so you made a good choice and you, and you went to the pawn shop. Well, yeah, we have a local gun store. A uh, town I live in is called Blairsville. It's right up in the North Georgia mountains, right up next to North Carolina and Tennessee. So we have about two gun shops inside of maybe 25 square miles, <laughs> something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's uh, you don't have a lot of choice. Um, but anyway, I started scouring the Internet thinking, look, I'll just pick up a 270 or a .30-06 lefty, whatever I can get my hands on, you know, with reasonable quality. I couldn't find anything. Everything was completely sold out, out of stock. You know, you can buy, but you got to wait six months. Mm -hmm. So I was going down to the gun shop, the local shop, and walked in, scoured the wall, and then I saw a left-handed action because it's unusual. Miracle. It's a miracle. It's yeah. like, I can't believe there's a rifle sitting up there that has the bolt on the opposite side. So I went in and had him take it off the wall, and it looked like it just came out of the box. It's a. Uh, uh, it looks so new. <laughs> I'm sitting there next to you in the blind, and I'm thinking that is the newest looking 50 year old rifle I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. The guy got handed to me. I'm just sitting there looking at it. It's a it's a Savage Model 110 with the with the magazine release mm -hmm. of all things too, which is unusual. Built in night, and the guy told me, I said, "Well, this would you just get this in?" He goes. Oh, no, a guy had it in his closet for 50 years. It was built in 72. Yeah. And it had 14, he had the original box. It's really 14, beautiful 14 wood. rounds shot out of the of the original box. So I still have that. Don't bump the table. Savage, Savage Model <laughs> Savage Model 110. Yep, right. Savage yeah. Model 110. Yep. Uh, 30 out 6 caliber. Um, I had him boresight it. You put a and scope on it. You had to put a scope on it. You yep. put a vortex on it, just yep. like Scott had a vortex yep. on his. Exactly. Yep. And uh, it was, uh, I was a little nervous because I kept thinking, I got to get to the range. I just could not get to the range. So I was living off the bore site. So, oh, man. So what you're, I did, though. You're banking was, on the bore site. And I know what Gary asked me. He says, we were sitting in the blind. He says, well, did you get to sight this thing? And I'm sitting Unfortunately not. <laughs> so, but I knew my uh, I knew the ballistics of the thirty six round. I said, worst case, I'm going to be maybe two inches high, you know, yeah. from from uh, wherever I'm aiming. Worst case, so I I said, I okay, think it could have been worse. Worst, it case. could have been worse. Worse, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it but turned, you had a good bullet. You yeah, had a hundred and fifty nice grain yeah. bullet. Yep. 
And if it's going to be on target, you know, then it's going to work good. Very good. Which it did. (laughs) So what happened is I'm looking at the clock and I thought, okay, when it gets to 7 p.m., I'm going to get out of the blind and I'm going to go for a hike. And I knew there were pigs that were going to show up. We just didn't know when. So Mm -hmm. I climbed down at 7 o'clock. Trevor climbs down with me and we're going to go on a little I call it sneaky, sneaky peaky or sneaking and peeking, you know, and we're going to go face into the wind and we're going to go. And so we get down and I look back at you. I'm just going to wave goodbye. And you're like, right there. There's (laughs) something right there. And so I, you know, we get a little sign language going on and you give me that trigger finger sign. And so Trevor gets on the glass and he's filming and I can see the tops of their their backs and it's what 55 yards you know 60 yards out 60 there. to 75 maybe mm-hmm. i was guessing yeah something in that range and i didn't of course i didn't know which one you're shooting at but we gave you a lot of room in that blind all of a sudden mm-hmm. you had yep. the best window to look out of sure did you took a good rest and you shot and i saw one pig kind of act a little different than the others but yeah. we didn't know yeah yeah and so you got your shot and that was all. You didn't see any more pigs, did you? No, they just they just scattered, just yeah. like Scott's uh, scenario. And I, I'm sitting there. I, I'm dead on with my scope. I've been shooting all my life, including being in the Coast Guard. So I was very confident in the trigger pull. Yeah, uh, I knew you were going to get a good trigger squeeze yeah. there, and I knew you were going to do that part. And then we're going to just let everything else take its course. But mm-hmm. what did we do before we went hunting on it? yesterday or the day before yesterday you made some coffee why don't you tell us about oh, this yeah. coffee frontier yes. roast yes frontier roast that's how gary and i met actually was i was um, looking for somebody who i could just get along with in the coffee world because i knew there's a lot of people that were um, against the values that i believe you know mm-hmm. i hold dear and yes. and i just kind of went out look and and a mutual friend put us yes, together yeah. and yeah. then you know after just a couple of conversations i knew that you were going to be putting together a coffee for me yes and absolutely. so you you uh, they didn't have a coffee pot at the lodge because they <laughs> they use a keurig and i am yeah. totally against that system same so am i <laughs> <laughs> even though unfortunately it's our number one so you can item. actually create the, the little pods and do the that's yeah, a, yeah. but I, you know, I think coffee should be made in a certain way. So you made it ca- the cowboy way. Yeah, we just did classic cowboy. We just used whatever we could find. In this mm-hmm. case, it was a, a tall pot like you'd make some chili in or yeah. something. So we got the water boiling. Got the water boiling and you I, ground the beans. I brought an old, old, uh, fun little uh, vertical grinder, grinder uh, so we could, uh, it'd be good for the for the actual show. So we ground some coffee the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Uh, Delivered that coffee over to the pot, let it boil for about four or five minutes, and then we strained it off with a little bit of cold. You put some cold water in, and it automatically makes the, all the coffee grinds just drop to the bottom right. of the pot. So yeah. then you do a nice, easy pour uh, into another vessel. In this case, we used the Keurig mm-hmm. uh, water tank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we couldn't find Whatever's a, gonna a work. pitcher. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it worked out really great. But uh, 
when we uh, tasted the coffee for the, uh, it was really, it was good. It was really good. You did it very good. Very good. It was yep. good the next morning too. Yep. When yep. I yeah, I heated it up again. Yeah, a lot of people they dump that coffee out, but I always tell people to just put it in the refrigerator. You know, and you'll have a great if you like iced coffee or something like that. Yeah, it's fantastic in the morning or right. the next de- afternoon or something like that. That's so, the whole point of cowboy yeah. coffee is you're reusing the grounds. That's right. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. So. Trevor? Is it true cowboy coffee helps lower the acidity so people with like heartburn and stuff can enjoy coffee? That is a true statement because you're boiling a lot of that of that acidity is coming out that way. So And it's a, people misconstrue that cowboy coffee is it's okay. It's too strong, but it really isn't it's super smooth. No, it's smooth. Uh, that's the beauty of it. You can uh, repeat that. Yeah. The, the thing with... Uh, our coffees, we use only select grade coffees. Um, it's the very highest rating of coffee that you can do in the system. Uh, example, the stuff you get probably to Starbucks is like really mediocre. Uh, they're buying that stuff by the you know mm. million pounds or something. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's not good quality coffee. Uh, select grade coffee, uh, it is going to be smooth as long as you have a nice roast profile. Mm-hmm. And so Gary's coffee is 100% Colombian. Uh, high altitude, probably 4,000 feet is where it's harvested. Um, so we get some very, very nice uh, smoothness out of out of Frontier Roast. Mm-hmm. Extremely smooth. Right. And it's just got a really nice profile. It, uh, there's two cracks that happen during the roasting process. The first crack is sounds like the best way to describe it is uh, popcorn. So when the roaster, when your beans start to crack, uh, have that... Uh, that pop, you know you've hit first crack. Mm. Second crack is more like Rice Krispies. You get the real tingly little you know, uh, noise mm-hmm. that, like if you're pouring milk on Rice Krispies mm-hmm. is the easiest way to describe it. So with Gary's, we let it go probably about 15 seconds, 20 seconds past the first crack. So it's a nice, nice, smooth, easygoing roast. Nice. And it, uh, everybody that's tasted it, they love it. It's a fantastic uh, Fantastic coffee. When we came to pick you up, it was after dark. Yes. And so now we all have this big question mark in our minds. Are we going to find a pig or not? And, right. And so <laughs> Grayson gets out there with a light. I get borrowed a light from Trevor and we start following. And immediately Grayson sees um, a blood trail and he starts following it. And it's kind of wagging this way and that way. And it's not going in a straight line. Right. <laughs> and yeah. we get to a spot where he runs out of blood. And he's, I, I, I can't imagine it's not just laying right here. And he says, it wouldn't have gone over there. And I look where he points and here's a pig laying there dead yeah. <laughs> in the palmetto. And so then we were able to drag that out and, and uh, you'd killed a, it. Yeah. a wild boar that you, and you couldn't hunt with us the next morning. So you, you got the, basically the one chance you got, you, you took advantage. <laughs> right. If you had waited for something else, you might not have had another chance. Would have never had. But maybe you would have. You know, one thing is for sure. Uh, I could tell Grayson knows his property very well. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> Cause he, he almost knew exactly where to go. Where to look. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can tell he's done this a lot. So, That's right. Uh, yeah. Okay. We're going to call that good. And we're going to switch chairs here. Okay.
Hey guys, I want to tell you about Frontier Roast derived from 100% select grade Colombian coffee. It is the essential coffee. When the alarm goes off and it's still an hour and a half to dawn, it's the coffee for deer season and elk season and prairie dog shooting. And here's a secret great shooters know. They take a sip of coffee when they're going to the range with their buddy and they give their buddy two cups of coffee. Next time you're packing for a deer or an elk hunt, throw in a bag of Frontier Roast from Expedition Joe and Gary Lewis Outdoors. Frontier Roast is the choice of great outdoor moments. Get yours today from Expedition Joe and Gary Lewis Outdoors.com.